There was a Nike cat in my Starbucks uh, drive-thru today in, in a little cat carrier. It was really cute. You mean like a sphinx cat? Yeah, like a sphinx cat. Okay, because I was going to say, technically, are all cats who are not wearing clothes naked? And then I was Wait, like, am I is supposed it... to watch this? Okay, no, no, no. I will be playing it for everybody. Please. I do not know I do not know how this program works okay I'm just sometimes on these watch together programs if you don't push play someone else will have pushed play and it'll go and you'll never know so, so, great um, start, so I Gav, only watched Gav, thank you thank you so much for joining us um, on this podcast I'm um, so ready we've I'm really so enjoyed having these episodes and so I think just so you can just just because of our so random South Park Family Guy humor. Um, there's a little bit of an initiation we'd like you to undergo. I'm pretty sure you guys have already forced me to watch this, but I'll I'll you know, I'll watch it again. Good, good. That's so good. I'm so been friends for, for how many years now, Rachel, and you think you have not already subjected me to this? Are we terrible? Ari, right, can I ask you something? Yeah, what up? <laughs> Are we the baddies? Are we the, baddies? Are we the bad guys? Probably, yeah, but you know, whatever. We are the evil legends robots, etc. 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 Um, all right. Here we go. You are free to talk during the production because this is really like the audience is not gonna be able to hear it. Oh my god. So we gosh. should really be talking during it so that they can understand so that they're what not we're just going being through. subject to the silent sounds of somebody experiencing Woody's grace. 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 Woody's race, not Woody's grace, Jesus. Sorry, I'm late. Did I miss Woody's race? The best car driver. I'm alive. This is going to be fucking comprehensible. Oh my god, the rat king. That's Cogrash. They found him. Not me. I could kill you easily. Oh my god, that's a beautiful facial expression. Woody you went to the so and Woody. so Woody went to find the car driver. Oh, oh, you drive you. Oh no, not <laughs> not Mr. Driver. Owen Wilson, not Mr. My Owen Wilson cars. What? I'm crying. They're flesh colored and not fur colored. That's insane. Not so fast. The fact that, like, does he have tummy poking out at the bottom there? Or to make something this bad. Rachel. You have more racers. Rachel, does he have a little bit of tummy poking out at the bottom? Is that what that is? Yeah, he does. He does. Waddy's house. Waddy's whole H4 use. In his race. What are you? Yeah, uh, Woody. Woody. Um, did his lips just change? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. Oh, now they're like pouty uh, and pastel pink. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Great, 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 great. You're the rich track. Us, us all the time. Unfortunately, I am literally. Oh, what are you doing in my swamp? Surprise. They didn't uh, even try to do a Shrek voice. They didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking Dilbert looking at least, Hey, at least they were like, fuck it, Tiana's dark skin. It's just that you it's all what? Disney Respect. characters and it's the Vlasic Pickles bird. For some reason, I thought that was a character from the Mary Poppins hey, movie, the old one, not the cursed yes. one that Lynn made. 
wad. Oh my god, that ant from hey, ants. Hey, oh my god, it's Woody. the fucking mouse. Look friendly. And see, that one tried to do a, 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 a the mouse impression. A Mickle Mouse <laughs> impression. Did somebody say the door to darkness? Oh. I don't know what music this is, but it does. Slap. I was actually not oh mad. Oh. <laughs> oh Toby fucking Keith. Toby <laughs> fucking Keith. Oh my god. My legs there, bro. I have, I have lost. I have failed you, you father. father. He just cried and it said the end. The Wonderful job. Everyone. The end. Start yeah, it's like up into the left. And we Beautiful. have and we have one more. We have one more thing that is the just so Oh god. Thank you. Spirits of dead. What's that big house? Does he have a shirt on that says agoraphobic? Please <laughs> <laughs> read that. Dominus. Ad hominem. Ad hominem. God, I realize that this is like a shittier version of Best of the Worst. Guys, this is just a shittier version of Best of the Worst. That's why I've been calling Omicron Ominous Dominus. What the hell are these crazy Google? That's what we're calling them? That's what we're calling them? This feels like it has the same, like, origin story as, like, 15 million of Chris Fleming's bits. Um, this is Dan Harmon. This is Dan Harmon, like, his writer. There's a reference this in season Bye. six of Community. Parents oh, buy, they like us this big house. Okay, does this say agoraphobic nosebleed? Yeah. Fuck those guys, right? I'm very confused. Five of us. Is it just like a random Fucking shirt? black sheep of this family. family. He almost said fucking. What's the happening? Because we don't know what the fuck is happening. It's like this movie, because we don't understand it. <laughs> Great. Great job, everyone. I just love the. Uh, ooh, uh, well, uh, do you ever just so much that you know you could that you could just that if you could if you could just if you could. <laughs> Even if they're from outer space, it's a threat that needs to be it's eliminated. Just, it's just like she's doing laundry and they have the. You know what? If if I was in, encountering a crisis, mm -hmm. I would also use it as a time to put the crisis off to do laundry. I can only be passive by putting something else off. No, this is the only cover of free fall. This is the only version of free falling I will listen to. Also, <laughs> why, why I can never listen to free falling again? Tom Betty. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus. Who's who's doing this cover? No, 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 no. Oh, sir. Well, for some dance. I'm trying to make us all scared. <laughs> God. Incredible. <gasps> what the fuck? Oh. He just ah! alien style just gorped out of his chest. Is he dead? Where we can fight back. Like the people, people in, in aliens. aliens. What the fuck kind of bro hug was that? <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, there's little holes in all of the bad CGI. Oh, <laughs> 
a pistol machine gun firing. That's adorable. Oh my god. Gluteinus move into our house with their happiest family ever lived. This is just Legends of Tomorrow. This is just Legends of Tomorrow season 6. And and that's why you need to see it. To understand. I see. This one I don't think you've shown before. I've definitely Rocky? seen Lord's Race before, though. Or Schindler's List. I'm killing myself. What's going to happen to us? And they're playing Fast Car by Tracy Chapman in the book. It is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, yes. Yes, of course. You got a fast car. You got nothing to lose. Oh my god, it just peels the bloody neck bandage off. Fuck. Dan, Kelsey, Justin, and Mike with a Y. Incredible. Incidentally, I kind of hate that this is just how we talk, like, unironically. So this is... And so, and so, if you've ever wondered why we're such fundamentally broken people, um, <laughs> always, every day, I wondered that myself, and I know everyone involved. Oh yeah, you, we're gonna Tracy Chapman's fast far away of this. I think Legend in season six. Right, here's what I'm gonna say. Um, it, it, it. Actually, no, I don't want to start the. Little, does anybody else have anything they'd like to do before before we go into the episode? I think I'm good. Yeah, no, yeah. all I did today was make mistakes and watch episodes of Supernatural. <laughs> so, no thanks. Okay. Let's do it. But so, okay, I'm trying to get audio. Hey, hey, number one Sasuke fucker, you missed something important. If Brandon were from New York, he would serve cunt. Oh, okay. The Jane Austen plot point didn't even matter. No, it didn't matter. You shut up. Why are you specifically coming for me? I have done nothing. So, welcome to Legends in Review. In terms of the two of us, I'm definitely nicer to Phil for the most part. I feel like you're the one who called him a goblin that one time. Um, what I will say about Legends Season 6 is that I have been enjoying Legends Season 7 so much. That it makes parts of season six good in retrospect. Like all the wow. Spooner and Astra stuff and stuff and a lot of the Bayrod stuff. Like I really appreciate the John and Zari stuff more. I really appreciate all of the Astra and Spooner stuff more. And I appreciate the one episode Bayrod got last season. God. That's, yeah. He got one. Yeah, because the other Bayrod focused episode was a hate crime, so it was like he's being here, being charming and wonderful, and then you're like, oh, and they're uh, the character assassination of Fidel Castro. I what, thought that what, was what the episode what, was titled, which honestly would have been way funnier, but they don't have a sense of humor. Well, no, pro Soviet stuff assassinating him. Of course they wouldn't. They were the ones character assassinating him. I know, him. but it would have been really funny. Again, though, I, I do think they're not the Soviet stuff like an apology for that. I, I guess, but it does. It still doesn't work for me because it's like I'm not mad about what you were saying about Russia. I'm mad at what you were saying about Cuba. These are two different things. Yeah. Also, um, we have a now how an apology works, Philip? 
might have Ari, a problem in Can that. you get a little closer to your microphone? I can, but I don't know. Um, Hi. Stop and do playback. Because for whatever fucking reason, these headphones were not sound. You don't need your headphones anymore if you don't want them. No, I know, but I have, I'm using my mic. I just meant more like, um, I just wanted to make sure that you would still be able to pick up the, that you wouldn't be hearing the watch together stuff from my end. Yeah, yeah I did hear that. an echo, but I wasn't sure if. Don't worry. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. I didn't. Um, um, and that means, and if, and if you guys heard an echo, I can always just edit it out because Craig files us as three separate tracks. Yeah, you're uh, fine. I, I have no idea. I have no idea why sometimes this set of headphones uh, does that. But okay, so you got a fast car. Uh, um, and now we're gonna be doing fast car for the rest of the fucking night. Um, of course. I mean, it's a classic. But I mean, literally, all right. This was this was the ninth episode of the seventh season, and I personally, um, have we called an episode Brooklyn Rage yet? I I don't you know what let me go check right now I don't sorry you literally also it's checking. really hard to concentrate on cog games while I'm doing this Brooklyn accent accent I mean just I, the uh, thing that I really never... sums up this episode for me how come none of the new legends and reviews have their names on them Do they not fit um because we did multi episode hold on on other... hold on you just have to click it and then it'll give you the description. It's okay. I was just wondering. I just wanted to make sure. Um, okay. So, like, I think really my the, the best way for me to sum up my feelings on this episode was I didn't realize that Nick's accent was getting more and more exaggerated until Mia pointed it out to me. I was just like, yeah, this is just, this is fine. This is how men talk. And uh, I think. I'm not I, seeing I an episode. I'm um, not I'm not seeing an episode called Brooklyn Rage. No, I think we, I, um I will yeah, say last comics season. is I think truly good in terms of that's a that's a that's a you know what I'm going through my favorites. Big fan of Deeper Throat and Gary. Gary Comics is funny. The three people. God Deeper Throat. Fuck. Deeper Throat is good. Deeper Throat is simple. That's good. good. There and are some truly, really fucking. Um, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but season six, episode thirteen, an episode that I cannot remember. Um, wait, okay, so we had the episode where they play, we called that Their Wolf, Their Castle, which is the board game episode. What uh -huh. happens after the board game episode? After the board I game episode? Uh, what's the name of the, the episode? episode and... Rachel, tell me the name of the episode, I'll see if I can remember. I, well, I love... what we called it on Legends in Review is, have... Anne Rule has got her AirPods in, which tells me nothing. Wait, Anne who? Anne Rule has got her AirPods Anne in. Anne Rule has got her I AirPods in. Anything to do with the episode? It just had to do with a conversation we were having. Can I say, big fan of Orphan Navy, and I love that. Also, we just did three other robot jokes that we just also crammed into the title because we have Orphan Navy, Tetsuan, Ava, and then my life as a teenage clone bot, all in the same episode title. <laughs> couldn't figure out which. I mean, those were all um, episodes okay, about her being episode... clone, was it not? Oh, it was Silence of the Sonogram. This is the episode where. Mick gave birth, but also there was the serial killer involved. Yeah, it's, the, it's called Silence of the that. Sonograms. Oh, right. Um, I guess. Also, 420 who and the serial killer. Uh, it was. Oh, God. Alyssa, the god of war. Uh, 420 <laughs> Annihilate it. 
Shrimp Apocalypse now um, is also very good. Shrimp um, Apocalypse now remains evergreen. It was really good. There's Azarian team is also pretty great. Escape from the House of Mummies um, Part Two. I what is Legends in Review if not just us going back over our old jokes and just being like, damn, we're so fucking funny. It's the Shadow Clone finale, no jutsu was good, okay? Literally, Rachel, some of the episode titles that for for things that you have allegedly shared with me Brooklyn are still Raiders, your guys' your your guys' uh t- the titles that you put on your Legends in Review episode was what you named them to give them to me. Yeah. We so for like a lot of my season two episodes, they just have Rachel titles and it's beautiful. Your heart is a muscle the size of a rat, etc. Um We have all right, so we're going to be calling this one Brooklyn Rage. Brooklyn Rage. Sounds good. For obvious reasons. Well, yeah. Yes. Um, now, I was thinking about, and I and I don't want to give Legends this much credit, but like... Oh, never. Sometimes there are a few shows... I'm going to open it with this because I actually really enjoyed this episode. Oh, it was Dick excellent. Ari and I both have episodes like of shows where we're like, this was essentially a perfect episode of television. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. What am what what are some of my perfect okay like um the Revenge Society Revenge Society is yeah what's the Revenge uh, Society It is an episode of uh the Venture Brothers in season four. Oh, I haven't. I we mm, you've shown um, me a little bit of the, Venture Bros content, but I don't know if we saw that one. The, you should really uh, the episode that is the elves and the and the dwarves in Billy and Mandy. That one and also good. My Fair Mandy. My Fair Mandy is. I don't another remember very much of Billy and Mandy. Um, I don't remember very much of Billy and Mandy. I watched it. I know I did. I think Doom Patrol has a lot of them. With my aunt on um back when it was. Remember you guys remember Cartoon Cartoon Fridays? Where would air the vaguely shit. You might Gabby might be too young for that, which really fucking. Yeah, I I I don't think I remember it from something that actually happened. Jesus Christ. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I was born in 1998. Gamers, remember that once again. No. I must remind you at least once every two business days. Okay, but yeah, so it was a thing. There were Cartoon Cartoon Fridays where they would air, like, pilots of shit. So I happened to catch it. I just remember my aunt going, that was really, like, morbid. And I was like, I fucking love this show. Because I was, like, six, and this was the coolest thing ever. Um, oh, yeah, dog. When you were six, I was definitely not old enough to be aware of that. You, were not, you, weren't, you weren't raised by television? Shut oh, up. no, I was. Who, but when you were six years old, you? Ari, think about this. Think about this in your brain. I was born in 1998 yeah, when like, you were what, six. Who? Perfect, great yeah, time to too. plop kids in front of the TV. They're just absorbing. I mean, all yeah, of it. but like I was plopped in front of like Baron's blue blue big blue house. Oh yeah, and stuff Baron's big blue house. Even if I did, I don't remember. I, I look do. at me being look at you being fucking supervised. Blue house fucking. Blue, oh, okay? I had the opposite. Have I not told you about my mom being a helicopter parent? Oh no, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go two blocks down the street to the park to the park when I was in fucking fourth grade. Ooh, jeez. That's really bad. And we lived in like a not horrible neighborhood too, mostly surrounded by like old people. Like a couple blocks down is where the like poorer part of the neighborhood started, but like nothing ever happened. It's it's silly because you're most likely to be kidnapped by a member of your immediate family anyway. That's also true. So. Yeah, I know. But my mom. Unless there's something about your dad that your mom isn't telling us. I mean, again, like my mom. About my dad? Yeah. 
No, my dad is uh, not a good person, but that's not one of them. And plus, he was deployed some of the time. And then when he wasn't deployed, he was in Utah. Utah my father is unfortunately like a, a military person. We don't talk about that enough. Like that's he's, not, he's not a Mormon is the craziest part. He left Utah and then went back despite not being a Mormon. He's from Florida. Oh, anything's better than Florida. But man, is it? Not Utah. Yeah, okay. yeah, Trust actually, me, as somebody who's Utah, been to Florida, Utah many times, thing, no. Utah has dry heat. You know what Florida doesn't have? Dry heat. I know, but Utah's reason. also like you like Utah's the kind of place that you can't do anything on a Sunday. Like I was trying to buy a smoothie on a Sunday one day and we drove like for like a half an hour and couldn't find a single place. That's so fucking weird. Like just at that point, let me just let me they come have a, in they and have, I'll do it myself. They have an identical amount like they have identical churches that will be as little as like a block apart. Yeah, well, it's because like every hell. Mormon community has to have their own like ward. Yeah, it genuinely depends on I guess I think how many Mormons you have. Yes, in the area. and it's the buildings are all and it's not even that. It's like I'm used to places with lots of churches because that's just America. But it's every single church is an exact cookie cutter building. That's weird. It's terrifying. Yeah. And also as being someone from Washington, being in the Valley of Utah is terrifying because you can see for miles in most places and there's no trees. And I, from Western Washington, I'm used to it being hilly, but with lots of trees. So there's always kind of like a skyline of like 16 feet up in the air. I don't know. I don't know math. I can't do counting. Trees are very tall. Big tree. I, I get, I get. Big you. trees. So it's very disconcerting to be able to, at any given point, just look and see just miles and miles and miles of area. Disgusting disconcerting as hell i hate it no i completely much. yeah uh, anyway what the fuck were we talking about <laughs> we, were we were talking about, about children episode. and billy and mandy oh, yeah, and perfect, perfect episodes episode. of television um i will say oh god um fuck, there's a couple of twin the 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 finale of the first season of twin peaks is is fucking great the oc pilot is one for me it's, yeah shock, shocker um um I think there's a lot of really perfect episodes of Doom Patrol. Um yeah. I think the Sex Men one is fantastic, but one I always go back to um is the penultimate and, and the one in the first season where they meet the Mento and the previous Doom Patrol. Yes. The dinner theater episode of Chow Chowder is a like I just love to go back to that and watch that. It brings me so much joy. Um, it's just like a fun little, like when I say perfect, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, this is the most well-written and beautiful. Sometimes it's just like, this is like a fun little self-contained story that I can revisit and then really enjoy. Um, so that one's a perfect one. That episode of, oh my God, hold on. I found it. I had it and then I lost it. That, fuck. That episode of Carnival where, do you remember when the girl gets taken by that ghost of minor town? Yes, that one is fantastic. I, I have not seen Carnival. Another, I will tell you, Carnival has everything. Incest. Can it, can I it. have? Oh God, can I have a a, a like supernatural based opinion? Just because it was Please, like go ahead. Please on go the ahead. show I've been watching today. I will say that if you were to point to Supernatural and tell me or tell tell me as Gabby to just pick a random episode to watch any given day of the week, I would rewatch Ghostfacers. That episode is fucking so funny. I love episodes because it's like one of the episodes of Supernatural, of which there are several, that it comes from someone outside of the Winchester's perspective. 
and it's these like ghost hunter online guys that like use the emfs and stuff but don't like didn't know much about actual ghost hunting and then they interact interacted with the winchesters but now they have their own little crew and it's from their perspective as they're like trying to film a tv pilot but they're all losers in their dad's garage and then they go to this haunted house and then Dean and Ke- Dean and Sam also get to that haunted house. And it's the first time that everybody actually gets to swear because it gets censored by a little ghost face thing. That's actually very good. I appreciate I appreciate that. It, it was very it was very interesting because it's just Sam and Dean trying to herd these people throughout this house so that they don't all die. And then it, that's the that's the episode that gay love can pierce through the veil of death and save the that day because that, like listen but supernatural is definitely uh, this is a television bad <laughs> i, 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 I say that to this day um i think it's a perfect quote it's one so of supernatural's good. few perfect quotes that it's it has but that's one of them Genius. and it's so funny because the context of it is that the intern was in love with one of the two main guys in this little group but they didn't realize it and so that guy after the guy dies because like the ghost is like a weirdo who like drags people down into his basement and kills them and then puts them in party hats and then does a bunch of like mortuary stuff to make them stuck down there with him forever and that guy's ghost is stuck in a loop and so the bat the the main guy has to talk to him and be like hey it's me i love you and then that's how they snap him out of it and let help him move on and he was able to take down the ghost because he was also a ghost Oh, so this is like a stands can I only stands so much it's like, fucking okay. unreal. That, yeah, so, it, that was... it's beautiful because at the end, like Dean and Sam are watching this pilot that they've because it's all like filmed on their cameras, and then at the end it cuts out of their their filmed episode, and then they're like, "Oh, it's great, it's a great, great show." And then they literally drop some like a little EMP, whatever. It's not like an actual EMP, but it's like something that would fritz out their computer, and they lose all the files. So the evidence of everything that happened is just gone. People died to get this footage. God, back up your backups, people. Fuck. Um, I'm sitting here thinking I just, about. I like to choose to think that the Winchesters often do things just because they are assholes. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. These guys have like such a like a weird little rivalry with these guys. They both dis like because like the the Winchesters think that they're like kids playing with knives, and then these other mm-hmm. guys just think that the like they literally describe them as douche nozzles several times. It's very, well, they're not wrong. Mid two thousands, they're not. Uh, yeah, that is but, such uh, like a early twenty tens insult. Christ. Um. I, if- yes, the reason that they do this is because the same that the, this is the one time the Winchesters are right though is they're trying to stop them from dying all the time. Yeah. But also they are huge assholes. I am also sitting here. But also they are huge assholes. I am sitting here thinking because I was like, oh, yeah, perfect episodes of TV. And I'm just like, I think it's funny because it's like when I think of because like especially given a lot of the stuff I watch, it's sometimes not contained to a single episode. But like when you talk about when you talk about like moments in like shonen anime, people people don't go, oh, this episode. They go, oh, this fight was good. And the fight might last multiple episodes. But you think of it as like a self-contained thing. So it's like, oh, yeah, right. That also counts. Um. It's an early edition, but the episode of the, what was it, season two, episode four? The Curse. The Curse was legit, just, I, I, I did every single moment of it was solid fucking gold. Um, that was good. Um, that's fine. Um, the, there were a couple of perfect episodes of Legends too, but like shockingly enough i'm having so here's the thing about uh here and here's why i wanted to bring this because this is an episode of legends 
these past two episodes have kind of kicked ass. Like, I find them... There are sometimes when I watch something and I'm like, I don't think I can watch this again. But, yeah. like, this episode, um, the episode where Zari is on TV and John and she and John sing the song. Yes. Um, the episode before this one. Zari, um, the Zari time loop episode. The Zari time loop episode. The Zari time loop episode is a perfect episode of television. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure if I've said this before. But there's literally nothing more rotted about the Legends of Tomorrow fandom than the... Yeah, I did say this last week about the Avalanche thing. And I'm going to put that in the episode that I'm editing now, so that's not a problem. What, and so what everyone was the Avalanche thing? Just that, like, people make this episode about Avalanche because Zari tells Sarah to ask Ava out. Yeah, that was one aspect of the five million things that happened in that episode. She had a revelation for every single fucking character. She also told Amaya and Nate to bang. Did you? Did we all forget that? So on top of that, Mick becoming a romance, or not Mick becoming, but Mick being a romance novelist ends up becoming like a major part of his character for the rest of his time on the show. Yeah, like it's like it's like his development, yeah. literally, like him becoming more comfortable with the softer versions of himself, and then eventually team. becoming ready to be a dad. Okay, so this episode, a couple things. First and foremost, I was talking to some friends because I was like, and now here read because when you hear the line, and now here to read my social security number is a correspondent named after the number of people I performed oral sex on in one night in 2012. Hi, I'm fifty. You think Nate Haywood. Yeah, of course. You think Nate Haywood, but actually, I think it's Gwen. And here's why. <laughs> Wait, what are we thinking of Gwen? Um, that, that Gwen is... Um, have you watched any breaking news? The dropout? Yes. Uh, what was the... Re- I, I literally just missed what you said. Oh, the... And now here to read my social security number? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And here's oh why my I god, think Grant O'Brien's roast is like if if you're listener, if you like to make to to laugh at just like the most absurd amount of roasting of one specific guy, just putting him on blast to the max. Go Google, go on YouTube on um, breaking news, Grant O'Brien. It, it's incredible. Real facts about. And here's why I think that Gwyn. Um, a few things. Number one. This party took place under a supermarket in Brooklyn. All Gwyn has ever done is go to secret gay sex parties. Two, I think he is so jumpy because, like, here's the thing. He has to be an expert. He has to be a throat goat. We know. (laughs) He has to be able to go in and out. Like, whenever somebody walks up on him, he's always like, oh. And I know it's, like, partially his PTSD, but also I think it's probably because he's just like, I'm not having gay sex. But what are you talking about? (laughs) Maybe you're the one who's having gay sex. Have you ever thought of that? I, I... I don't. I don't. <laughs> and then, and then the, and then the third thing is that, like, when he says that he he talks about Alan and Zari is like, you were in love with. God help me, I was. I'm like, this does not feel like the first time you've said this. No, this is he a man who is aware he is gay it. and is ashamed of it, but is also like, I'm gonna fuck men. Here's the thing. Oh yeah, about he's me. deaf, deaf, deaf. Not and when I say hi, I'm the, here and here to read my social security number is. A uh, correspondent named after the amount of oral people I performed oral sex on in one night in 2012. Hi, I'm 50. I know I said Jim <laughs> Davis. And I know what you're thinking. Don't you mean Matt Ryan? And why can't both be true? Allegedly. So true. Allegedly. I have no records of who Matt Ryan has or has not performed oral sex on yet. 
<laughs> I'm sure the evidence is out there somewhere. Um, this is anti-Catholic. Is it more or less anti-Catholic if I say that Nate's the one who did it? I also <laughs> literally this this episode was just anti-Catholicism. It was a gay man stuck in hell having his prayers be censored on reality. TV. That was genuinely. It was really. Funny. There funny. were a lot of little God, bits of this, this episode that were fantastic. The part where that was like censored was legitimately one of the funniest things to show. Like I don't know who the hell they hired or whoever the hell got a concussion that made them funnier, but like. This um it's Mars um it's um Emily F Cheever I think she wrote a few episodes that we really really liked okay so thank you Excellent. to Emily because great job your great work I Emily genuinely have not ever laughed at this show harder than this season and that little fucking bit where they were bleeping out the press was just genuinely so fucking funny absolutely top it was very the good place and I enjoyed it a yeah. lot because except for like the reverse. Um, Ari, how did you feel when he's like, okay, let's pray, and Nate immediately starts trying to say grace? Oh, it's awful. It's like, okay, so we're, so what we do, it, no one told me what we do in the shadows happens on Staten Island, and it, it is very much, like, you know, my family. Violence. And of course, they're incredibly Italian-American neighbors, and, like, they go over their house in one episode, and they open the fucking door, and this woman in a coiffure with, like, a bump and a leopard print shirt comes out and starts yelling at her husband, and I'm, like, I'm personally attacked in my fucking living room. I'm afraid. <laughs> and it was that kind of, like, disgust and fear reaction. That, that like, ew, get that camera out of my face kind of reaction. It hurt. It's that when, it when, when Spooner's mom like said something to him about her dead husband and he just crossed himself and I'm like, this isn't acting. God, really it can isn't. We, can we call this acting? Legally, can we call this, can we call this acting legally? I think this was Nate's big, re or not Nate, Nick's big relief episode of not having to fucking act. He could just be yeah, himself. Yeah, my theory, of course, which is what if Nick Zano actually just sounds like this and his normal voice is the act? Horrifying. I got Horrifying. a solicitor's call from Nutley, New Jersey at work the other day, and I was like, my god, he's found me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, like, and I'm like, I know Nutley, New Jersey. Like, that's, I, that, I live, I, my, I have friends who live near there. Like, it's a very, very, very Italian-American area. I don't know how much. They have goats. They have goats, like, straight up. This episode had everything. Um, Mean Bimbo Zari. So good. Mean Bimbo Nate. Zari, Zari Tomas, Behran having plot. Oh my god, I know. And Astra getting to address the fact that she was traumatized also. Both of them in the same episode. 30 years. I mean, I think... I mean, we can start by talking about everything Behran talked about. Because some of it is very much like, these are things that I feel like... You have to give Tala... I almost said Tyla. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow actress Tyla. Tyla Isha. <laughs> Tyla Isha. That's what I'm going to. I'm going to be seeing her in that play that she's going to be in. Um, with friend of the show Jade on February 11th. And I can't wait to, because Jade said that she messaged her and was like, if I bring you some art, will you come out to receive it? And Tala's like, yes. So cool. So I'm hoping I was like, if I write her a letter, will you print it? And she's like, absolutely. And I'm like, can't write for to. I can't wait to say hi, Tyla. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Gab, Incredible. I said this to Ari earlier, but when I spoke, when I did the um, 
meet and greet with Tala, she was very much like, hey, how are you doing? Like, how are things? How are you feeling? And I'm like, like, just very concerned. And I'm like, the only time I've ever mentioned my dad dying in a public place is on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. This gotta very and the call, the call is coming from we inside gotta, the we house. Gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, right in the witness out, protection dog. program. Fuck. Gotta start new lives somewhere new else. New life, new boating new school, school, new boating school, etc. Do we both? <laughs> Same time, every time. Like, fuck, man, fuck. Um, man, fuck you guys this. are so funny. You, know, you should have your own people. show, etc., etc. Don't fucking patronize me. Yeah, the long just... game that the Legends cast and crew are playing with this podcast just, is unacceptable. So, I'm like, this is gaslighting. This counts as gaslighting. Violence. I don't know it's how, but it's gaslight. fucking counts. Gaslight, gatekeep, girl, boss, Legends It happens. Tomorrow. It really happens. Um. God. I, so, I mean, first and foremost, number one, I am now gatekeeping Bayrod Tarazi because you just see a lot of people... Who are who are of that part of the fandom just like wow I'm so glad they finally talked about this and I'm like oh you're glad you who have been advocating for Bayrod this entire time yeah and complaining about it every fan, time it gets fucking pushed under the rug yeah. Yeah. you who, who who referred to him as a as a as a kid you you're you're the big Bayrod advocate weird by the way not not to be that bitch but to be that bitch weird yeah, weird, weird shit. Well, it's because a bunch of them were getting called racist that day because they were like, why does Batwoman get a GLAAD nomination and not Legends? And I'm like, we don't have time. So it was very clearly like, oop, got called racist on Twitter. Better make sure everybody knows how much I like Bayrod. And it's also like, listen, it's, like, if it, it's so... We can also discuss transparent. The, 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 the fucking... The, the legitimacy of the GLAAD awards at another date, frankly, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Well, because here's the thing about the GLAAD awards is they've been doing gay for pay for way too fucking long. This is the first time, like, they did Supergirl and every, I'm like, please do not undermine Nicole on this. She's very excited and it's her nomination. It's no one else. Yeah. Yeah. And if it wasn't hers, it would be Kyler and Azzy who are yep. playing an interracial lesbian couple. Like, like, and like, one I of which Doom enough, is but you were not canonically, not you canonically, were, you were not out. gaslit by Loki. You were not gaslit by Supergirl. I, Loki I was just I Owen Wilson be being be some guy and everyone fell over their own selves well, about first it. First off, I'm just like, I, I guess we're just discoursing about Loki now. I'm just like, first off, the idea that it's problematic because they're alternate universe versions of each other. You would have never survived the Onesler fandom. Even adjacency uh, of the Onesler fandom, like I suffered because for whatever reason there was a fucking gas leak in my immediate area and all my friends at high school got into it and I was somehow fucking immune. <laughs> I, I honestly just thought it there. was boring. Like, if you're gonna have him do self cess, do something interesting with like, it. it. Don't it, just find it, some lady. First and foremost, the two Gideons are going to be teaming up for Zari self cess. Exactly. This is their ultimate that's goal. Valid. That's how they put aside their differences. This is nothing. That's a nothing of a problem. But also, yeah, you're. I, this is a problem that will happen in it's real life. This is not something not you are thing. ever going to be confronted like, with. Yeah, you're not going to be confronted with alternate universe timeline broken versions like, of yourself. One of one of whom is a child, and one of whom is a literal like, alligator. It happen, but I also can't stress enough. 
if you actually thought Disney was going to give a shit beyond lip service, that is a you problem and really indicative of the larger issue here. If you thought they were going to do yeah. anything outside of that one line, like wake the fuck up. Yeah, like also, if you had a huge brain like I do, you would just make up your own shit, like deciding, hey, you know what would be fun? Uh, 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 Bruce Banner and Loki. Why not? Find yourself for fun and profit. You are so smart and sexy for that. I Listen, think there's I literally a video it. of when we were in like, Vegas and I and we have the Hulk's hand and I said something like, and Loki is going to get this inside him. And literally that's just the goal. Hears- that's what like once he gets over his like issues with it and he realizes he's sturdier than he thinks, he's like, How can I use my shape shifting abilities to make this happen? There is nothing this is what I was made for. It's what I'm listen, is it wrong for me to be a size queen? Nate Haywood, yeah. this episode. Um, okay. <laughs> a fun fact about me is that, and I've mentioned this on this podcast, Phil, person who sent me a very threatening message that this episode was with me specifically in Perfect. mind. Um, and it was, and they were, they were right. right. And I don't like um, it. I have watched a lot of VH1 in my <laughs> life because um, my mom really didn't want me to. Of course. How you do. So, um, there's a lot of, like, stuff that maybe I wasn't even super aware of. Like, I didn't watch the real world when it started, but I watched people on VH1 talking about the real world. Yeah, because that's a little before even the two of us. Yes, I mean, something that we don't... Um, the real world is, like, the first person show that ever... And, like, this is actually interesting. It's, like, they didn't actually really end up saying anything about reality TV, except that it's, like, silly. Yeah. It was more about Bayrod and Zari than anything else, yes. which I did appreciate a lot. Yeah, yeah I wish that Bayrod had got to like specifically tell Astra that he wasn't even just going with her to like, because he was obviously checking on her because he was mm-hmm. like worried about this place. But he was the one projecting. He couldn't stand to be in that room with all those cameras, so he yes. left. Oh yeah, we can. And he and, never, and that's the one part I don't think he openly admitted at any like, point. Like that's the thing. Is, I think know, we're supposed to be able to tell he's projecting, but like again, if you're a DC's Legends of Tomorrow fan, you and have you're not no us, critical thinking skills. Well, that's what we're here for. But, um, I we're mean, here to tell you. We are the Jiminy Cricket of critical thinking skills for this fandom. Um, it is, <laughs> it is genuinely a thing where they're conscious. Where, like, I am fascinated, but like, reality TV was not so much the hook of this episode as it was a way for Bayrod to express his trauma um, and a way to talk about Bayrod's trauma. And as much as I am, as part mm-hmm. of me is like, fundamentally, this is an episode we should have gotten a season and a half ago. This was still a, oh, an for excellent sure. episode. Um, in that regard, mm-hmm. also Rachel, before I forget about it, because if you didn't, I want to go find the clip because it's really important. Did you watch that video I sent you of um of the Quiverful? No, that was another one. Fundy Fridays is a good YouTube channel. You guys should go uh, watch it if you're cool with the general fucked up shit that you know happens in fundamentalist cult circles. But um, the other one, the one of like TLC being full of predators. Oh, shit. I haven't uh, watched that the, I, I want to pull a statement from it. You guys keep talking. Okay, well, okay so here's that the video thing. to me, please. Yeah, I will, yeah. Hold on, I'll put it in the chat. Um, is a couple things. Just a historical fact for our listeners is that MTV... Hi, I'm Jeff Wayne. My, and my... And I'd like to be on MTV's The Real World. This episode fundamentally did have a lot of... Uh, 
And my and my speech um, is Jeff Winger's 1997 audition tape from MTV's The Real World. What? 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 But The Real World was actually, I think, the first thing major show on television to have a character, obviously not a character, a person, um, who was HIV positive. Yes, that was a big deal. And, I remember that. And like... Because ACT UP had basically been trying so hard to get politicians and people to talk about HIV and AIDS. And I think this was the first time that, like, because, um, hold on, I'm going to actually look up his name. Because that deserves to be mentioned. Sometimes we try to teach things on. <laughs> sometimes you learn I, a thing or two was, on this podcast. Not young, but sometimes. When I was too young to know what the fuck any of it really meant i read this book called sex drugs and cocoa puffs that was like a book about cultural criticism of like the mid 90s and i literally don't remember who the fuck wrote it and i could not relate to 95 percent of what was in the book as i was way too young i was reading when i was like 11 or 12 and i remember him talking about that guy and how important that was. And I'm like, I don't know what the real world is. But unfortunately, the only other thing I remember is there were like hypothetical exercise questions. And one of them was like, what if you found the perfect person for you and they were perfect in every way, except all they could do was talk about Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal and would find ways to bring it up into conversation. <laughs> it was their favorite movie. And it was, and I'm like, first off, what you're describing is an autistic person. And second off, I, I, I am not uncomfortable. Am I this person for you? I don't talk okay, about so, um... Too much? Okay, cool. Or any other stupid bullshit? Okay, sorry, I'm interrogating my partner who's knitting next to me on the couch with our cat and her, their lap, he has which very cute. So, his name was, um, his name was Pedro, um, Zamora, and he was actually pretty sick by the time he was on The Real World, but he went to Hawaii with them and did a lot of stuff, and his castmates actually, um, like would lie in the confessional and say he was doing great so the audience wouldn't know. Um, Wait, was that like then... an agreed-upon thing between them all to say that? Oh, wow, this is really... Okay, so this is obviously really sad. Um, basically, mm -hmm. he humanized... Bill Clinton credits him with humanizing people who had HIV and apparently called him to thank him personally when he was on TV, where I'm like, thanks... Thanks, Bill. Bill Clinton, Thank you, Bill. Um, really helpful, Bill. Um, he um was on the Real World. They filmed from February twelfth, nineteen ninety four, to June nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. Um, and then uh, he was checked into St. Vincent's Hospital on August seventeenth, and he unfortunately passed. Um, on November eleventh, at the age of twenty two. Hours after the final episode of The Real World, San Francisco had aired. That is brutal. And, the timing of that and everything. Jesus. Yeah, Bill Clinton called him when he was in the hospital. Because oh I guess the episodes were airing. I'm so fucking angry. It was 22 years old. I'm so... Oh, God. So that's an important historical moment you should know in terms of gay activism yeah. and AIDS awareness. Yeah. Damn. Um. Uh, and so to go back to legends, which did yeah. none of this. Before, oh my god! Before Fair we go on. back into talking about reality TV and legends, because there's a lot, a lot I wanna, I wanna unload on this. 
Um, can we just, I just wanted to make a couple other statements about reality television. Okay. I do too. Um, one of which is reality TV has always been kind of like, sometimes reality TV is there's a fine line between being really, really smart. And I'm trying to do the accent really, really smart and really, really stupid, usually leaning towards. And then most of the time it's just really, really stupid. But sometimes like, I think this is sort of hard to understand. Um, Ari and I more than I think Gab, not to say this in like a way that like, but like, just because you are literally too young are just at the end of like the sort of era where like, yeah, it might be sort of unthinkable now that like Princess Diana shaking the hands of a person who was, um, who had AIDS and having one person on MTV's The Real World who had AIDS had that much of an impact on public opinion, but there was not a ton of television. People, it was literally just that. People literally thought you could get AIDS from skin to skin contact. That's why her, like they were, like it was fucking leprosy. Like that's why her like touching AIDS patients made such a big impact. Because it's like, no, people, there was a whole thing where it's like, we joke, every so often I see jokes about like, oh, like gay money or whatever. Um, or not like you know, especially whenever the company does something homophobic. But like, there would legitimately be campaigns, especially back in the '80s, because people thought that like gay money was literally dirty, um, that it would infect them with like HIV mm -hmm. or AIDS, and so you would have members of ACT UP like going to places and paying for stuff in cash when you just exchange money with like a gay person. How does that make you feel? Because like the people literally thought that would kill them. Like I can't. It is like. It is hard to, because, like, I was, we were born on the tail end of it, but I wasn't really cognizant of it as, like, yep. a kid. I was too young. But it's enough to, like, have yep. kind of grown up in, like, the shadow of that, that it's, like, yeah, people legitimately and genuinely believed these things about AIDS patients and people with HIV. Um, We still have, if um... technically, in theory, relaxed a lot of the Red Cross, um, the Red Cross sort of restrictions on giving blood but like yeah only right now it's and first of all you still can't have had sex for yes. three months and that's only because we're in an emergency um and yeah just just for your information if you're not aware um if you are a man who has sex with men you are technically not allowed to donate blood if you had sex within the last 12 months which as we just said they went down to uh, three with COVID, uh, which is still fucking ridiculous. fucking ridiculous. And here's the thing. Um, one might say they will not know if you're lying. I can't actively encourage you to, but I am simply saying. Tomas, please stop chewing on my earphones. Also, um, they just <laughs> test all the blood and like, and it's the any, and it's like, it, it... <sighs> and also we are really close. And I'm not just saying, like, I wouldn't just say this to to blow smoke up your asses guys we are really close to a, to an hiv vaccine we are, we are finally excellent finally some good fucking yeah. news and and like we would not have gotten there without all of the research that's going into the covid vaccine um which i'm not saying like oh wow this i'm just saying like if you if you need to look for a silver lining at any point here you go at least there's one good thing that can come out of this um, and so basically Genuinely. reality TV as a thing now is so like, everybody knows it. I mean, here's the thing. When we first meet Zari, she's very clearly supposed to be a Kardashian and then brought it up now. 
But before I go too much, I do want to just mention, like, reality TV at one point was, like, new. Like, TV, everything that, like, is sort of done on TV was still kind of new in, like, the 80s and 90s. Because it was just becoming inexpensive enough to make TV. Um, And so reality TV becoming really um, exploitative is, has always been a thing, but it's also something that a lot of people, that they do save money. Um, A lot of, reality Reality TV is fascinating because you have some things. They don't really pay anyone outside of very specific circumstances. If you look at like, for example, RuPaul's Drag Race, nowadays um, they do a thing where they have done, for the past two seasons in a row, they introduce the queens back to back. Like they do seven and seven instead of, and you do the talent show. And that's because like with America's Next Top Model, for example, a lot of those girls or especially the winners didn't model. And I think the reason a lot of the winners didn't model is because they get a contract and then they just run the contract out, which is like, but that's a subject yeah. for another day. That's its own kettle of fish. What? Yeah. What we're talking about is um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And Are everybody, we? Um, we're, I'm fucking trying. Uh, yeah. um, basically, if you're on Drag Race, it's kind of understood that you're going to start getting booked immediately. And that's why they're kind of starting to showcase people more like that, because it's really like you advertising yourself. But a lot of reality TV... Drag Race is so funny because they had an entire season that was... And now, Sasha Velour will... Ex- Calmly <laughs> summarizes what just happened. Well, because that was the year after um, Pulse yeah. happened. Or like... And and so they really... That was the year I think they were like, we need to make a statement of some kind. Um, and now we have Maddie Morphosis, who claims to be a cishet, but we'll I see. I truly like... Mm-hmm. We'll see, Maddie. We'll see, Madison, <laughs> if that is your real name. Um, listen, genuinely, there was a there was an author's note from an old fic of mine that I was I I I I I had it, and it's really funny. I can pinpoint this like there's like this little blip, like my senior year of high school, where I started writing a lot of female air quotes characters that were like not actually living as women and that was so fulfilling for them and they didn't feel at ease as a woman. And then <laughs> I'm just being like, I'm sick so I wouldn't know what this feels like. And I'm just like, what the fuck were you thinking? And it's like that. Ari? Yeah. Ari? I think you may be transgender. Well, yeah. But it was just the funniest thing. I totally forgot <laughs> that I had that moment of like where I was still trying to convince myself. And it's like what were you fucking on about but like um it is genuinely kind of one of those things if we're going to talk reality tv some of the most fun i had in my tv theory class was when we started talking about like this this episode was about a very specific breed of reality tv because like we could go on and on about like because like there's different formats of reality television and i watch a lot of food themed ones because those are fun and those are kind of their own style of analysis this was the thing that fascinated me about the reality TV they were talking about in this episode was it was all stuff that's like very old school. Old school, um, and also ones where like the cast does not have a lot of say or get it really have a career after they yes. rap. 
It's not that those, I mean, unless, except for Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which they just blatantly ripped off so much. I was like, I, I mean, maybe they weren't allowed to say it when we first met Brie. Here's the problem with Legends, and the problem with Legends is this. Um, there's a lot that you can see that Tala and Shayan have put into playing Beirad and Zari together, um, and a lot of backstory that they have put into it that Legends only now seems kind of willing to be privy yes. to. And so it's hard to say how much of Be I mean, you have to sort of retroactively go back and look at Beirad's character. Um, and th even then be like, okay, but was this what they were intending to do? Like, was she supposed to be... Because, like, it's never mentioned that she had a show like that yeah. until now. And it seems like something that would be Gosh, kind of important. Like, it's like, it, depending on how long the show ran, the idea of, like, recasting your own mm -hmm. sibling for, like, multiple years is, like, it's one of those Yikes. things where it's like, I know this was, like, a funny throwaway comment, but, like, that... It was also supposed to definitely be a yikes comment. Did you see the faces of everyone oh, yeah. at the table? I mean, it's just, it's a whole, a whole lot fucking going on just from that single revelation. And it's like, okay, holy fuck. This completely changes the context of your relationship. And I think part of this is Legends kind of, I feel like, and this might just be me, but I feel like Legends for the first season or so felt like it didn't really have to develop Bayrod as a character because they got the cop out of, he was just there for all of, all of those times that Zari 1.0 was there. Just imagine Bayrod in its place and it's basically the same thing. And it's like. But that fundamentally doesn't work I, for I, a I lot of stuff you, though. But I think that's like their mindset is like, well, you don't have to worry about him. It was like, you had him for a season or two already. Don't worry about it. It's like, but we didn't. That's not how that works. Because their backstories, backstories are, are completely, completely different, different and they are completely different people. Like, it doesn't work like that, but I feel like there was kind of that mindset to, like, oh, we don't really have to develop him because he's already kind of... And, like, it's a thing where, like, this is genuinely such a surprise. Like, this is both stuff that was kind of inferred about his backstory already, but a couple of really surprising details about it. And, um... It's funny because we watched this episode and then I happened to be watching the, the video I sent you. It's another Funny Fridays video. And it's another, it's from, it's like an open letter from someone who was, there's almost another genre of reality TV here that I don't think they were trying to crib from. But like, if you think of like prestige reality TV as like the big famous pop culture defining shit, that's like rich and famous people or want to be rich and famous people like the real housewives um the hills uh -huh. like jersey shore all, all that stuff they did kind of crib no, from that really a little did. bit yeah those but, well i think there's also and then there's like cooking reality tv and shit like that lifestyle reality TV. and then there's like what i almost want to call like i don't really like this term but here like freak show reality tv like tlc that's their wheelhouse. That's their shit where they're like, look at this yeah, weird fundamentalist yeah. family. Look at this weird, like, look at these, look at, look at these non-normative people, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it was, um, that's a John, I'm glad they didn't touch on that because Jesus fucking Christ. They also did, I, and this, you can tell, because, like, when I was younger, I mostly watched cartoons and I was, like, you know, of the, I was, like, reality TV is dumb because, like, I was, like, I'm not like that. I'm smart. I think about things. And I'm, like, shut up. You're, like, seven. But, like, I was, like, oh, Spooner's doing Survivor. 
I literally forgot. I was like, oh, that's all the align. Oh my god, because like Survivor was when I was in like third grade. I didn't. Hey, I've seen that going. I've seen Survivor. It is, but I, that was a okay. Let me get you in because uh, I do have some reality TV background. It's just not very much. And those the major players for those are Big Brother and Survivor. So, like, literally, it was like when 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 Spooner was like uh, starting to just like do random shit and be like, yeah, this is my thing. It just reminded me of when Big Brother and Survivor started bringing on super fans that had seen the show for however many seasons that they were convinced they could win. Yes, that is fantastic. So that's that's Spooner's role in all of this. And it would it also make sense for me for her to be like a Survivor fan oh God, because yeah. like all she loves uh, like living like she she had to kind of live. She was so funny this episode. Here's the thing yeah, is I realized watching her that we actually have not gotten a ton of comedic beats oh, from Liz not. F. Great. She's very talented. She, she was, was so really funny. funny. Because inherently she's a naked person. Like, um, that, like, again, just a lot of really good... It was so fucking good. Um, I mean, you can see in the preview images, it's really funny, because in the previews that they set up for the episode, she's wearing... Um, she's just wearing the... Uh, like, she has, like, a tube top on. And I realized, looking at it, I'm like, oh, that's just what she was wearing. And I guess maybe they either didn't feel like pixelating it on the promotional art or they figured it would be a fun twist or nobody cares or I think I'm it's crazy. I think it's 6040 um, and nobody cares and I'm crazy. Um but you're valid. You're valid. Thank you. Um it was so I just can't believe it took me that long to I was like, "Oh my god, it's supposed to be survivor" cuz like I didn't like I you know. I mean, the part where she goes they're both making valid points. I'm not sure who I'm going to align with yet, but whoever I do. I'm gonna betray them. I will betray I will betray them. them. <laughs> that was you so fucking, fucking blind. Funny. I was like, yep. Yep, that's Survivor. That's Big Brother. That's yeah. like inevitable. Um She was so, so good. Funny. I mean, and... I did appreciate And she's also like having an having her be a competitive character just by nature, like that also with yeah, the robot. Uh Astra and or not, not Robot Astra, Robot Spooner and fine. Robot Vehron having we them be competitive. Kind of a competitive streak at first, but they've been kind of leaning on it in the last couple episodes. I'm like, it's a really fun angle to her character. I really like that. And I think it's because like she was alone most of her life and isolated, and now she's around this group of people, and it's like parts of her personality being brought out by being allowed to be closer to people. And it's like, aw. Um, I love that. But and also, she cannot be weirder oh, than God. anyone else That's, on this goddamn yeah. ship. Everyone here is already so fucking weird. Um, <laughs> I will... Nate's moving into a bracelet. I, I mean, truly, also, can I just say, the bit where she is naked and Gwyn is trying so hard not to vomit. get her. It was the best. Um, also, Astra protecting Berod's, like, but then, and then drew but, like, contrast a, that... <laughs> to her coming in and Astra covering Berod's eyes, and then Looking directly at Thank Spooner's you. titties. I mean, it, it also kind of made me, I don't know oh, if this is out of nowhere, yeah. but like for uh, Berod as like a Muslim person that like specifically on top of everything else, being You're like, I cannot right. be out here just seeing random naked women. <laughs> You're actually absolutely <laughs> <She> was, correct. <laughs> so right. I felt like it was like, it was a good like protect 
protect our sweet boy without it like wasn't an infantilization aspect. It was like, in, yeah. it was like okay, there's actually a It wasn't like a, oh, he's a boy. It's like, oh, he's a guy. He needs to, and he is like respectful and like has these like religious uh, things that he has about himself. Clearly at least somewhat and religious. it's also so funny because Gwen is the exact opposite because he does have these religious aspects, but he is also a fucking yeah, gay man. That's, 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 just, that's just gay panic. Well, okay. I mean, fantastic that he was hearing Alan and then he opened hell and he's like i've gone to hell for being so gay funny. and nobody really bothers <laughs> to address no, no one really corrects him on this and he's like yeah us too whatever and i'm like that's honestly very on brand <laughs> well because truly it's just him running into running into the lobby the lobby the, lobby. the fucking parlor and just going i've been sent to hell for being gay and everyone's going yeah i mean yeah and yeah <laughs> like Ray Palmer was here 15 minutes ago, and he's like the most upstanding person we know. Yeah, so that's worry. not that big of a deal. It's like it's like in Dragon Ball Z. You can just walk in and out. And he's like, "What's Dragon Ball Z?" <laughs> <laughs> I loved when he asked Booner what reality yeah. TV was, and she was like, "Oh, I'm not going to explain oh, yeah, this at all." <laughs> she didn't. She didn't explain it because it was part of her strategy. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, this guy's an Lucky easy mark. Million. And she and, was oh, right. He's ab- she's absolutely she's right. right. He's such a fucking mark. I love, you're right, Spooner can be a little Machiavellian, love that. and, and I love that about her. Um, again, like all those little facets of her personality that get drawn out the more time she spends in the life. Also, I'm going to say, as much as, uh, like, they did have Ava Lance, like, Sarah say, you're not the team mom, you're a co-captain, and I was like, for yeah. me? For me? Like literally, like, after that, they were like parodying, like, sorry, like, sorry, the, like sorry, and I'm like, yeah, you should be. Um, I did. I mean, yes, the that was so good. Is, I love that. Like, even though co-captain, she's always your fucking yes man. But you know, that's enough cuntiness for one night. I think they did their best. Seriously, I did enjoy. Ava, like, being, I agree like, with I'm you really completely. Though memories that I have of my own mom that are fake because I'm stressed. <laughs> And this is the only way I know how to cope while simultaneously being like, you are not the team mom. Being being like your mother and being the team mom are two different things. When she says, I have implanted, me- I'm becoming like the implanted memories of my mother. I'm like, all right, who on the staff like, did pack this? Pack it in. Um, who's having a problem? <laughs> Which one of you is the one with the problems? Um, so true. I want to see a show I of hands. I want to go back to I... a couple things before I lose them. One... Keith Voltron being okay. the villain is just like, okay, so you're getting all your ideas and now you're casting from Tumblr. Um, I hate that for Keith Voltron Wait, was the villain guy. Oh, the villain is, is Keith Voltron's voice actor. Of Keith Voltron. But, um, Keith Voltron's voice actors in the yeah. show? What? Yeah, he was, he was the devil in this episode. The demon that Astro goes to confront? That's Keith Voltron. You know, whatever. What? Just fucking Which is why I think she's a fucking lie. She should have killed oh, yeah, him absolutely. on sight. He's in hell for voicing Keith Voltron, actually. But doesn't say that, but it's implied. Yeah, it is assumed. Oh <laughs> God. Oh oh, is this what original flavor Voltron or current oh. Voltron? This is, this is yeah. Evil this is Voltron. this is um Voltron. new Voltron. The Voltron that, Voltron ruined that ev- literally was the, the downward descent for like modern fandom. I mean, in almost like papers will be written about this. 
I mean, it also came out with seven seasons in two years, which has got to be bad for the animation Netflix yeah. industry. I mean, listen, we don't. I don't have time. I actually want to talk about stuff in this episode. I don't have time to talk about the animation industry. <laughs> okay, you're right. Okay, okay. I agree with you. Animation. Okay, you know, okay, again. okay. Okay. So, the things I want to talk about before I forget. Aside from that, I want to talk about like. I'm going to do the the sadder thing specific to Bayrod first, and then I talk about the broader thing with reality TV. The sadder thing with Bayrod is the implication that he's using, like, here's the thing. Kids, cover your ears, but also listen closely. It is not the kind of drug <laughs> you don't get addicted to an overdose on weed like that. It doesn't happen. However, there is a difference here between what's addictive and what can be habit-forming. And weed can absolutely be the kind of yeah. drug that is, like, habit-forming where you sort of rely on it and you utilize it, but it is different from addiction. That being said, um, Arod yes. talking about weed, like he was addicted to it, it's maybe not the most accurate choice of words, it's a little reefer madnessy, but what I think we're supposed to interpret here is that, and again, this is my own opinion, so it's subjective, is Bayrod was very much using weed to both self-medicate and self-harm, because sometimes the two can be almost indistinguishable. And genuinely, we Yeah. That's genuinely a very Bayrod is like, you have all unlocked my 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 level eight friendship backstory. Not even my sister was good enough to be here. Was was had that done enough character side stories to unlock this yet. Are. But here we That's are. Like, genuinely a thing. You're like um, Oh, I'm sorry, what's up? Well, I was gonna say, I'm like when they had him say sober specifically, I'm like, is this because we kept criticizing you for not handling, like, drinking whatever you did with the job properly? Were you, you guys were like, no, we can be sympathetic to addicts. I'm like, number one, every single, you guys all live in Los Angeles, so not one person here is taking that sobriety to weed from weed commitment. And number two, and number two, oh. weed and alcohol and are genuinely all, very different things. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, but like, yeah, I would absolutely. Um, a lot of people and and if you're suffering with addiction this is not an no. advice show on how to deal no. with addiction this is purely anecdotal from people i have spoken to um that weed can often be used as something to use like if you're going off of everything else it helps relax you i think that it's an um, interesting thought for barod i don't think they're gonna I don't know how much they're going to go into it, but for him to be like, I need to, because I have been constantly stoned for so long that I need to interact with the world without it for a little bit to try to figure out what that means for me, yep. which if that's where they go with it, that's then that's really going to be valid. interesting, yeah, I think. Also, can we talk about getting yep. my boy a fucking script? Can we talk about getting my boy some anti-anxiety like, yeah, medication? Like, real medication? Gideon could literally just make it when we get the wave rider back. Come on, guys. Gideon, there have been comments, there were comments, I think, in season two Gideon made that like she's giving Mick some kind yeah. of antidepressant it's like well first off that's like certainly familiar but I don't think it was season two I think it was later we keep making the Mick android and it keeps killing yep. it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah well, that, that, checks. A Mick android. That, that checks that checks <laughs> oh but oh when we get speaking speaking of uh, uh uh why we can't make a robot of somebody because they'll kill themselves i do when we get to the gideon stuff have a comment to make about her immediate reaction when gary said that he loved her it is genuinely because like what gap said actually about like i want to see how like who i am sober and how i interact with the world like it's like that that totally makes mm -hmm. sense 
But it is a little weird to treat weed like alcohol, especially because I'm like, you guys are doing this because we got mad about alcohol. But I'm like, again, alcohol abuse has a very different, like, it, and, like, weed can benefit yep. you. Like, it, it's a thing. Um, You know, everyone has, like, people can have different relationships with weed. There's really no, like, it's much rarer to be like, well, I can still only drink occasionally. It doesn't happen no yeah that's not, I'm not usually saying that it never happens there are some people who are genuine like i have a beer once a year and i'm done and that's my sobriety and i'm like that's and that's completely valid if that's what you do that's, that's i don't i'm not a i was actually talking, like, about I was karen? talking about karen because i'm like i believe her really because i'm like at this point you would have no reason to lie about like i mean here's the thing like i've kind of fallen out you know, of listening I, I to them but like back. people like a lot of people were really mad about that and i'm like what to do is her business she's not in charge of keeping you so and that's that's genuinely i mean that's a whole other kettle of fish but like um mentally and emotionally now we don't have time to unpack and like all of that um i also realized my microphone isn't all right hold on let me fix that but like genuinely a thing i think about is um like that is really impactful for him as a character to say, because I'm like, this is someone yeah. who was also, I think at this yeah. point, it's as explicit as I think they are capable of saying that he was doing it to self-medicate slash self-harm. And I appreciate that because we have given them a lot of well-deserved guff for using him as like the goofy stoner archetype and how that's really harmful and not really like, uh, does does it unfair like is not fair to his character and all that so it's like it's nice that they sort of mm-hmm. counteracted that genuinely um we have to give credit where credit is due it is uh also a thing that like it's a lot of like sad things came up fairly subtly in this episode about Bayrod and like I'm I'm on a roll so I'm just gonna all right so the thing I brought yeah. up a while ago about, like, TLC reality shows is, like, that's a, that's a thing we didn't really see represented in this episode, which is probably for the best. Because a lot of, a lot of those um, can be exploitative at best of people who maybe don't necessarily, that maybe don't necessarily oh, yeah. have, like, the tools to combat or deal with or cope with that exploitation. And this open letter I'm going to read a section from is from one of these sons on uh, Little People Big World. I don't remember watching because like TLC was trash at, even by like t- reality TV standards like TLC was like the lowest of the low um what I remember mm-hmm. sort of being the general consensus um although before you go into the letter can I just say I do remember seeing um when Tim's best friend got married and we were sort of waiting in the hotel room like South Park was just playing and it was their honey boo boo episode and I'm like you are South Park you are yeah. not above anything Remember who you are. Stay in your station. Um, because I swear to God. But it is, it is a thing where, like, also, I mean, if we want to talk Honey Boo Boo, I'm like, her and John Bonet are the same concept, but divided by class lines. And I think it is impossible to discuss. Welcome back. back. I think it is impossible to discuss that without acknowledging how they have very similar, like, like they have very similar pursuits but a wildly different class status and that completely influenced the conversation around them and also John Bonet getting murdered did definitely help to sort of cement her as 
Um, this is not like there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to I. I'm like I genuinely don't want to unpack this on the record because I'm like I know you guys are gonna get it, but I don't want to sound like I'm anti John or something. I don't know. No, I know exactly what you're saying. John Bonet is precious and beautiful, and Honey yes, Boo Boo is disgusting. Even though I'm like, they were both doing similar things. Where Honey Boo Boo is dirty well, and poor, and John Bonet is a beautiful, a Southern pageant queen's daughter, and she's so wise beyond her years, and she's so this, and it's like, I mean, yeah, but also like they're both in the same fucked up exploitative system. Um, and one of them was just extraordinarily wealthy, and one of them wasn't. Um, but they were both offered up as public consumption and that's fucked. Um, and the reason I'm talking about all this is because I happened to come across this open letter within a video I was watching like a day after we watched the episode and it's from the perspective of one of the sons on the show, Little People, Big World, which I'm, I'm re repeating for Gab's benefit. But, um, I, I think the, mm -hmm. the context of the letter is a lot heavier and he's talking about like um being sexually abused by like a producer on the show and tlc basically going not our responsibility he was an independent contractor and it's like awesome so you've just all so you're just the scum of the earth great but um the letter talks a lot about how like the culture i'm just gonna read parts of it out loud because i'm like it is actually i think fundamental towards understanding why Barad had his breakdown the way he did, and a lot of what he talks about in this specific part of the letter really kind of rings true to what Barad was describing in the episode. So, um, <coughs> I continue my own contemplation on the voyeurism involved in the entire enterprise of reality television, a massive spectacle of drama and pain and argument and invasion with a little joy sprinkled over that viewers watch completely disassociated from the complex humans inside the simplistic characters they see on TV. Yet, there is no inherent causal connection between the reality television production and the childhood trauma. We are still sprinting ahead with the Enterprise, deaf, dumb, and blind, asking for forgiveness later instead of asking harder preliminary questions of ourselves. Profits were indeed sweet. The actual experience was more complicated. I often ask sincerely from this complex perspective. It is simply taken as granted that we should be capable of watching someone grow up week by week on TV. How does the environment of prying eyes, both lens and audience, affect self-perception? How are material amenities weighed against the subjective psychological effects? Has anyone defined these lines? Studied it? Should we need to study it? So much of reality television is simply a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what was like, what was Bayrod, what Bayrod was going through. And I just thought that was really impactful and genuinely just kind of like, yeah, damn, we're kind of experiencing the first generation of kids now who are growing up with their entire lives all over the internet in a sort of like unscripted unproduced reality tv on like youtube and and shit like that like all these weird mommy vloggers and stuff and i'm like oh we're gonna see mm -hmm. psychological trauma previously known only to shrimp <laughs> like this is about to be we're gonna have a lot of fun new different kinds of serial killers in the next like 30 years so have that to look forward to i guess lock your, door. lock your doors everyone um... i really want to read from that because it was genuinely really impactful his name is jacob Roloff? Ro Robloff? Um, it's kind of blurry. I'm sorry, the screen cap is kind of blurry. 
like, I genuinely am really glad that he came out and talked about his experiences and what happened to him, because it is important that we keep this stuff in mind for, like, the actual people going through the kind of experience that Bayrod Tarazi had. It's not actually fantastical or, like, something that only happens on TV. It does happen on TV, but it is happening to real people. Um... I would love to, uh, Gab. Do you have? Because I would love to then take this as my as my chance to um, talk about um, Berard and Zari at length um, for for a few minutes. Yeah. So, are we? Are you saying just in general for the episode, or anything specific yes. to them? Well, um, something. Yeah, I mean a little bit of both. Okay, so one thing I wanted to mention, and I'm, I apologize if I missed someone already saying this, but that scene where Astra and Bayrod got, like, zapped back into the house. Yeah, and he's, like, really scared. Yes, and then the scene after that where he's just kind of sitting there in the quote-unquote confessional while fucking whatever his name is is talking to him through the mic, and he's, like, shaking while mm -hmm. thinking about what's going on, like... God, just give him his flowers already. And then I did want to have a quick aside, which was that Gideon going back into full murder robot because Gary told her that she loved or that he loved her uh, was uh, the most Rip Hunter thing that I we've seen on this show in a very long time. Keeping his memory That's alive true. the only way she knows. By becoming Gary an emotionless robot. told me he robot. loved me, so I'm yeah, killing I'm myself and everyone else's lives the way mine has now just been ruined. I'm like, good for her. So I, I, I'm open people, to here's the, the problem. People, people hate to see a girl boss winning. That's so true. I love that she was just like seeking the sows of chaos for seemingly no reason. Because she's like, yeah, she's robot Gideon or whatever. But like, what does that mean well, in this context? I mean, do you remember, Gab, because Ari and I brought this up. Do you remember the episode where they get stranded in the place that the Donner Party will take place eventually. And Gideon is, like, really oh, yeah. excited about it. And this is season four, so yeah. Rip died last season. And I'm I like, know, uh, Gideon? Less obvious oh, yes! Yes, 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 where they were snowed in. Like, Gideon? Gideon? There's, there's a part of that, Beloved. like, original there programming still in there. Still willing to murder them, and I think that's genuinely fantastic. I think, I think she is still... I'm like, are we ever going to come to terms with the fact that you hate them because you think that they let Rip die? No? Okay. Oh, Just like up. a little part of her hates them and she does not let herself I mean, go there very often. We but kind damn. of confronted it in the hundo. Um, but not, it'll never be enough. No. Literally until until we get a scene of like Gideon in a human body somehow getting to interact with past Rip. Somehow. Yeah, that is such a sexy idea. Like, literally, she's just gonna fling herself at him, and he's immediately gonna just die. I would love yeah, a cardiac arrest. Of, do you, and I Who did this? Time to get Arthur Darville back for this in COVID, unfortunately. But if there was a reversal of, remember when Rip became, nope. like, good again because he and Gideon kissed on the mouth? Oh. Yeah. Yes, that's I exactly that. what I'm talking about. Like, oh my god, here's the other thing that I was thinking about, just like offhand, for evil Gideon, maybe, is that, like, the Wave Rider has a way for them to enter each other's minds. How would that work? Could Like, could they reverse engineer it maybe to go into Gideon? Oh, I don't know. 
like I'm just kind of that throwing that out strange. there as something I've thought of a couple times. Um, didn't you write a fic have, about or something this? equivalent to it? Yes. Incredible. All right, well, I love us. Always come back. We're all going to hell, everybody. Welcome aboard. Uh, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Well, ahoy! Well, ahoy! Well, ahoy! My. Um. Apparently the hawk, not the hawks. We're gonna get a preview of the Green Lantern show at the end of Flash film that's finally being made and produced and shit. And like, uh, you know what? I'm so tired. I don't. Time for this. Do you ever feel like a plastic fucking bag? So I honestly think, and and obviously Legends could not have known that this would be where the news went, but I think everything going on with Zari and. Beirad, especially in light of like Britney being free of her conservatorship and talking about her family. Fucking get their asses. Um, I'm so proud like, of like Zari and Beirad have always had a very complicated relationship, clearly. But like this, this adds stuff that like I personally, not to say I wrote this myself, but like things that I think if you actually cared about the characters, you could see yes. sort of playing out with them. Because the thing about Birad is, like, he's obviously had very complicated feelings towards Zari for a long time, but I think he's chosen for a lot of it to sort of lead with affection. Because what is saddest to me about Zari and Birad is she is listening to him and realizing he's just done everything she's done. Like, he he was becoming a real downer, so he got recast on the show. And a part of me almost feels like she did that to protect him. And then he's still just as fucked up in the, like the, I'm afraid people see that like, that's her. He learned that from her. And that is what is so upsetting to me about this. I think, and that's why I'm almost a little, I, I'm glad that he and Astra are taking it slow and that he has relationship. but I'm kind of wondering if, about seems like especially because we only have four episodes left we're gonna start oh, getting into plot mode again but we'll see but we'll see um but it's specifically i think the thing is i think bayrod resents it a lot but I, bayrod or i hope there's been an understanding for their lives that zari that's a whole other fucked up and like that's the thing is like it's that thing again like we're like yeah let's talk about britney again we're like the difference between someone like britney and say like miley cyrus is like miley cyrus does not have to be the breadwinner of her family she is not the only person making money like her dad was a successful musician her fucking godmother is dolly parton like they're country music royalty she can just kind of go and do whatever the hell she wants and she's not going to get abused in the same way that britney is because they don't need her to make the money um it seems like Zari was much more like a Britney than a Miley in that, like, she was her family's primary breadwinner, and that... Especially, and that's what we got from yes. 603 as well. And that's, like, a deeply fucked up thing to ask a child to do. Like, to be literally financially responsible for the family, because that is just straight up setting for so much abuse. Well... And and so what's fascinating about the resentment is it clearly goes both ways because you also have like for example, like Bayrod doesn't want to be on the show. He doesn't want to be famous. But you have Zari, who's probably in her twenties at this point, thinking like, "Well, uh, so I'm just going to be the only one that has yeah. to keep making money. You're not going to help me," which is like obviously Literally. a very unfair thing to put on a child. 
but because like, it was, but put, it was on also her put on child, her she's it's yeah, yeah exactly like i don't understand and also she has always she has always had this um um sort of resentment of bayrog because she thinks her parents like him more and she doesn't under like she probably paid for him to go to college there's a certain thing i think with bayrod and zari where like he resent i think part of their relationship part of the way she has shown affection probably paid for a lot of things for him and just never yeah. mentioned it um and and like you have to think about like he was on the show for a while and then it just got to be too much for him and you have to think Maybe he was trying, and like he must have admired, hooked up to her so, does, does so he, much. Does he say, and I have to, I have to you ask because you're gonna remember. You said like twenties, and he says like I. The way they were talking about the show, like it seemed like they were both fairly young. Does he know? Zari is okay, nine. He said thirty years older than he is. I think he said something about like that would okay, make Zari twenty-two. That. Um, and that's also kind of, that puts that also in the context of, like, asking your, that big age gap also makes it kind of, like, sadder in the way of, like, a 22-year-old and a 13-year-old are also going to be having very different problems and very different mindsets to life. And, like, the, the fact that he was, like, the only person she felt like she could trust or rely on to, like, work with her on this and not just exploit her is, like... Oh, you were literally relying on a teenager to be your emotional support. Teenagers, famously mentally stable at all times. Um, and that's just, like, really sad on top of everything else. Because I'm like, he was really young on that show. Like, comparatively speaking. And, well, because remember, her career started when she was, like, 9 or 10. And she talked about having yeah. her sucked and she obviously has a very frayed relationship with her parents <coughs> like there are so many like like this could be its own show there are so many layers to what goes on with There's a them. whole lot going on um i mean truly it was just and we don't have time all to unpack that. Which is, all of that, that a lot but i think point. i think what i'm hoping for with the tarazis is um there needs to be, I, Zari has every time, because the last time we saw Zari this upset about Bayrod, it was the episode where they almost ruined his favorite show, and he starts being a businessman, and she realizes he's more like her, and she gets really upset because she sees that so negatively that she's like, okay, this must be what he sees me as, and he's never actually, she doesn't feel like he's ever actually forgiven her, or it's very hard for her to imagine. Imagine, like, he is obviously someone she loves a lot, but it's hard for her to imagine that he feels the same way or that he can love her even. He doesn't have to fully forgive her for their childhood to um, love her. Like, he doesn't, and like, yes, he's going to stop being sort of like the chill guy. Kind of a weird word to use in this context but, and just like, they yeah. were being mutually sort of harmed here just in different ways. So I'm like, I don't, and mm -hmm. it's different. Like that, that larger yeah. age difference does make certain things kind of different um, in terms of how much of it was something Zari was responsible for. But it is like, I don't think he really has to forgive her because it's more like they have to recognize that like they both were harmed yeah. and in different ways. And that doesn't mean that they can't come to an understanding. 
Um, yeah. Well, that's exactly. Well, how all I right. Feel. Never mind. So I just restated what you were gonna say. Never mind. Why do I? Why does? Why do yeah. we have two of us on this because podcast? We... Okay. Sorry. Continue. We're, We're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. A lot of ways. Um. And and I just hope because when she um says I want to be on this team, he's like, okay, yeah, great, fantastic, hang out with us. And even when she messes up and she steals the um perfume, and he's like, oh, I never should have let her on the ship. As soon as everything, he's like, yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Like, I'm so glad you're here and you're with us and you're hanging out with us. Like, and when, and like, like the guilt on their faces, Zari Tomas and Zari Tarazi, when he's like, I died. Because then you have Zari Tomas, who's also like, great, this one died too, I that up. Where it's like, this is just, it's a fucking baklava of guilt. Baklava of guilt is a really beautiful way to put it. Which is the episode title? Thank you. Or do we already have that? Um, I think we should actually change to Baklava. I mean, like, Brooklyn Rage is good, but I think Baklava of Guilt is kind of... Yes. It's kind of better. Because also, can I just say, the little things... Actually, to talk about Brooklyn Rage, the little things I appreciated, on a slightly lighter note, was that as soon as Nick is back to normal, the gold chains are gone, and like, how dare you? That's not necessarily true, though, because... Um, when he and Zari, when the ghost is tra- when the reality show TV crew is trying to make them fuck, which mood? Um, he um has his he takes off his shirt and under it, of course, he's wearing the wife beater, but he does still have that chain that we also saw in the yes, JK like episode because I guess his under at all times. But I do think they- yeah, that's like his. That's well, like- of course, he needs. Yeah. He needs that. That's where his power comes from. I just love that from. they took off the big clunky ones and was like, how dare you? Those are, those are, he would not be taking those off. It's just so magnificent. Those are I his do emotional think, again, support chains. I the little chains. subtle things, like he was getting tanner and tanner, and I'm just like, okay, so you straight up were just doing Jersey Shore, because there's no other reason he would be calling himself Nady H if it was not Paulie D. And I'm just like, I mean, because also, the scene where they summon Zari, and they're screaming at each other. He says, he just says in a way, he goes, and also, I believe she is trying to have sex with me. She told me. Upstairs. So good. Just now. Um, can I also Which say, speaking so, of tax evasion, he's so my fucking, money for an episode like, next season, if mm-hmm. we get a next season, where they get visited by the intergalactic IRS because nobody's been paying their taxes. It would be very good. It would be so good. God, that would be so good. If you guys good. are really, you guys are free to steal that. I would love to see that as an episode. Um, but let Emily write it. I mean, you'll do it even yeah, if we, even fine. if we but, don't. But please let Emily write it. Is my one request because she's clearly really fucking funny. So I need, I need that. Um, but no, like I did. Like everybody had good moments this episode for the most part. Um. I think I wish we'd gone a little more over the top with the Real Housewives bit because the only thing I know about the Real Housewives is that one lady throwing her prosthetic leg. I just thought Katie was trying to be a discount Zari. I didn't realize that she was 
trying to be a real housewife. Oh yeah, no, as soon as she put the earrings in, and then that one scene specifically where Ava's laying back on the couch and like Katie is like screaming at her. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is a real housewife. Like, I I, I guess it felt kind of, that was the one, and I promise I'm not saying this just to junk on Sarah. It did feel like I kind of almost wish they'd let her be dirtbag Sarah and be doing more of Survivor bit with... Yeah. Oh my god. Dirtbag Sarah would have been such a good thing to come back. I was wondering where the whole vacation thing came from because it kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, on the real housewives, all they ever do is go on vacation and yell at each other. I mean, I wish we could have gotten her at least doing a maybe have some bread. Well, that's the thing is, all I know about the real housewives is that one lady threw a prosthetic. So I'm like, I wanted a way more over the top poor Andy Cohen at those goddamn reunions. Like, I wanted a way more over-the-top um, shtick. And I kind of wish they'd let her do Survivor or Fear Factor, which I guess doesn't really count. It's more like a game show. But it would have been really funny if she was just doing, like, stupid shit, like sticking her finger, her hand into the hell portal or something um, for challenges. Um, but, like, overall, I will say, a send-up of a couple of, like, what I guess I was, like, iconic. Like, the language of, like, reality tv as we kind of know it but it's also kind of funny how that's almost sort of outdated as a television format because so much of that shit just moved to youtube and it's a completely different animal now and the stuff that sort of exists on reality tv now is just like lifestyles of the rich and famous and messy writ large bake off um always have diners drive-ins and dives baby eternal when he stands at the table and goes i like 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 I am single-handedly going to fix Great. World War One. That was so goddamn funny in Sarah's immediate reaction of being like, you motherfucker, you loophole me. I, I don't think he meant to loophole her. Oh, that was so funny. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. And then it did, and I was like, oh, what? On accident. Um, we did it, everybody. Gwyn John comes the best porn now. Before, before... Before, speaking of gay people, before we go, this is just going to be a long episode because yeah. we really enjoyed mm-hmm. this episode. And so Legends is just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, too bad. You're getting, Boo-hoo. oh, you're getting praised. Boo-hoo. Um, you can have this one <laughs> For once. Kikis. I, I liked, like, do we, can we think about the fact that, um, because Bayrod's pretty young. I mean, I don't know if Charlie would have been like the first person he had. I mean, it depends, I guess, on how he feels. <laughs> sexualize him too late. Um, like, like just, like just. I need, I need just a like a long fic of like Quinn topping, like talking to him about like gay sex, like really like prepping him. Like, 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 really intimate. That's I need like it. A concept, yeah. Um, I also just love it. why can't we go to that, that Berlin club in the 40s? We absolutely cannot do that because also, if you guys stop World War One, you don't have a World War Two. I, mean, I don't know, Alien Gary. No why why is the Holocaust so important? Why would you thing. stop the Holocaust? How would you stop World War One though? Like, like that was the powder thing, pig I, that I was gonna turn into a World War One way or the other. The, the Archduke getting assassinated was sort of like the and we're off to the races bit. But like we were gonna have a war either way. 
It was still a tinderbox. Like, it was still like a pile of C4. Just because this was the yeah. thing that lit it doesn't mean that it wasn't still going to be a pile exactly of C4. like what they say about, um, like, Hitler. Like, Hitler is Hitler because of the time. Someone yeah. else would have been him. You can't, yeah. You can't yeah. be Hitler. It doesn't, it, it will yeah. not solve the problems you think it will solve. It'll just be and some other jackass. And yeah, maybe the details will change, but yeah, the overarching the, the, the shit stays change, the same. The song remains the same, or wherever the fuck it goes. Um, oh, and finally, to more meatloaf, a man no longer with us. In 2015, in 2015, Ari I and I were I at the uh, we were doing press for the Venture Brothers, and um, basically, it was taking some time, obviously, um, to get to anything. us. And um, so we were talking at the table with the other reporters. Another um, one of those horrifying childhood anecdote moments where and, everyone else at the table got real quiet. Like, oh, suddenly this isn't a safe space. Safe space. I'm so glad that has been invented now because truly, <laughs> so you good. already lived it. <laughs> um, and so basically, oh, so this isn't a safe space. Um, we started talking about Spice World. And he goes, and I just remember that Meatloaf was the bus driver. And he goes, I'll do anything for those girls because the toilet gets clogged. And I said, don't you do it. And he said, but I won't do that. Rest in peace, king shit. Rest in peace. All right. He's with Jesus now. (laughs) Uh, Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, listener. Good night.